Hi friends, jumping on before the start of the episode to ask for your help. Since I started this podcast four years ago, I have been dreaming of a place for us to gather, a place where we can practice some of the things that are shared here on the podcast, a place where you and I can meet gaze to gaze, heart to heart, and a place where we can share our experiences of enriching our lives through the wisdom of the body and expanding our pleasure through the wonder of the senses. I would love to hear your voice and your vision in writing this next chapter of Come to Your Senses. Go to schoolofsensualliving.com slash survey to contribute your ideas, give your feedback on which topics you burn with the most passion to hear about, and let's create a beautiful sanctuary together. Schoolofsensualliving.com slash survey. I will see you there. Welcome to Come to Your Senses, the School of Sensual Living podcast. I'm your host, embodiment-based coach, Mary Lofgren. Here, we explore how to live bravely and beautifully through the embodied arts of pleasure, mindfulness, femininity, magnetism, beauty, style, art, somatic healing, and of course, everyday sensuality. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Come to Your Senses, the School of Sensual Living podcast. I am so thrilled to be back in my closet, (laughs) which is where I record these podcasts until I get an in-home audio recording studio and just setting up to begin this venture of the second season of Come to Your Senses was so delicious. In our first season, we explored a variety of topics, and we've had over 10,000 downloads so far. So I am so grateful to have you as a listener, so grateful for all your reviews and your emails, and excited to kick off season two. So today on the podcast, we're talking about the word embodied. And this is a word that gets thrown around a lot, thank goodness. You know, right now, a really kind of trendy, I'm noticing at least, trendy thing is the topic of somatics and embodiment and listening to your body and trusting your body, which is amazing. I know for myself, after having done years and years of talk therapy, getting into the somatic arts when it comes to healing and not just healing the deeper, more kind of therapized stuff, but from a goal setting perspective and a sustainability perspective, learning the key tools of embodiment has been you know, the, the, to say it was an accelerated level of change is just a massive understatement. And the reason I teach embodiment and the reason I share so much about embodiment is because I know that it works. I know that it works in healing a lot of the, these long held patterns and beliefs. I also know that it works in creating a clear and sustainable path to creating a life that feels more beautiful and more brave, and more authentically you. So in today's episode, I'm going to share with you 
first of all, what do we mean when we say embodied? And in a culture, in a lifestyle that really centers around busyness and productivity and activity that is all really kind of governed and executed by the mind, how do we drop deeper into the sensations of the body and begin to bring not just the intelligence of the mind into how we live and craft our lives, but the intelligence that is held in our cells and in our tissues. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, and then I'm also going to share with you some really tangible things that you can do, even right now as you're listening to the podcast, to begin to awaken that intelligence of your body. And I use that word very intentionally, intelligence. Because being embodied is great. It feels wonderful. But the deeper purpose I find behind these practices and these tools of embodiment is not just how good it feels in the moment, but how good it feels to source your actions, your thoughts, your ideas, your behaviors from the totality of your system of intelligence rather than the, just the limitations of the conditioned mind. And on the topic of embodied intelligence, I am also, it's a b- big day of openings around here at the School of Sensual Living. And today kicks off the opening of the Embodied Intelligence Coaching Program. So as you listen to this podcast, and as you try some of the techniques that I'm going to share with you, Something I want you to know is that this is the amuse bouche, the little baby tiny teaspoon of what is available to you in the soup ladle of the Embodied Intelligence Coaching Program. So something that I think is unique about my coaching program and my approach is that my approach to embodiment is not just the simple tools of breath and somatics and inquiry, but What's really important to me because of how it's worked in my life is to layer in the elements of sensuality and pleasure and femininity and beauty in the pursuit of this experience that we call embodiment. So the program is open now. We kick off April 10th and there are only 10 spots available in the program. So if you're interested, I would love to have a conversation with you. I have a in-person conversation with every single prospective client for this program because what's most important is that there be a sounding bell of resonance between us as coach and client and you can head over to schoolofsensualliving.com slash coaching to read more about the program. I would love to pour a cup of tea and snuggle up with you. Art of embodied living. So you might have experience in this realm or it might be totally new to you, but where I'd like to begin is with a story that you may be able to identify with of being embodied versus not being embodied to just kind of locate where you find yourself on that spectrum in this moment. So have you ever had a moment in relationship? Maybe it's your intimate partner, maybe it's your best friend, where you are in a fight that has been going on for so long (laughs) 
and you feel so defensive and you know that you're being defensive and you know that you're acting like a child and yet you cannot stop it and your mind will just not let go of the bone of being right. So that's one example of an experience. And another example is if you've ever been in a fight with an important person in your life and you just pause and you say, hang on a second, sweetie. I want to just get in my body. I want to get in my heart. I want to come to this conversation from, with an open heart and with all of me on board. So I'm just going to take a couple deep breaths. I'm going to see if I can silence the defender in my mind because what I'm most committed to in this relationship and in my relationship to myself is not letting my defensive ego always run the show. So I'm just going to pause to take a couple of breaths and feel my heart for a moment. And then you pause and you take a few breaths and you maybe have a moment of opening around seeing you and your partner or you and your friend as two children inside adult bodies who are doing the best we can. And maybe there's a little bit of an opening rather than having to be right a greater craving to simply be honest, which is really the birthplace of all intimacy. And so that's one example that you may be able to locate yourself inside of if you've ever had an experience like that, that would be an example of embodied living. Another example might be you wake up in the morning, you pick up your phone first thing, you check your email, oh God, there's a fire that needs to be put out. You run into your office, you get on Zoom, you know, whatever happens. And another way to experience that is you wake up in the morning and you have a boundary inside of yourself, a sacred separation between you and technology in the morning. And you take the time to take a walk or to sit in quiet or to savor your morning coffee or to have an orgasm. Or do something else that engages the totality of your system so that when you arrive at your email, you are resourced and you feel grounded and you feel present in the wisdom of your body and are able to make a decision about any situation that comes from a place that's deeper than the fire of impulse. So one of my favorite quotes about embodiment comes from Alison Post, who is actually most likely going to be a guest on this season of the podcast. I'm really excited to share her with you. And that quote is, embodiment gets you in touch with who you were before someone told you who you are. Another quote comes from Sue Monk Kidd, who says, embodiment means we no longer say I had this experience. We say, I am this experience. And lastly, a quote from one of my teachers, Jenna Ward, who says, embodiment is very simply inhabiting our truest, most essential self through the body. From an outsider's perspective, you know, here we are moving about our world, moving about our lives in these bodies, these expressions of our particular life force, our particular collection of life experiences, 
wisdom, vulnerabilities, joys, pleasures, griefs, all contained within the beautiful map that is this body. This body is with us from the moment before we were born and will be with us until the moment we die. We have the expressions, follow your heart and trust your gut. And I felt it in my bones for a reason, because the gut, the heart, the bones, the marrow of ourselves, each contain their own particular brand of intelligence. And so in every podcast episode, we come to a point where it's velvet pouch time. And in season one, you know, when we transition from more of kind of the theory of the topic of what we're discussing into the more tangible tools, what I want to share with you now is if you imagine a beautiful velvet pouch that just has these little jewels inside. These are jewels of wisdom from my lived experience and from my experience of 10 years of being a facilitator of transformation around the body. I want to share them with you now to see how they land in your heart and in your lived experience. And so the first jewel is also the first stop in the quest of embodiment and embodied living and that is this gateway of a felt sense of safety so when we talk about that example of exploring the landscape beneath your skin the internal felt senses of feeling and emotion and tenderness and vulnerability and anger and joy and all these really tender, vulnerable things that exist beyond and beneath the realm of thought. You know, the mind is no enemy in this process. The mind is almost like part of the vehicle that we use to travel on this quest. And so when interfacing with these more tender parts, the very, very first most important step is that we establish a felt sense of I am safe. I am safe to dive into the heart of this vulnerability, whether this feeling that I'm exploring or this sensation that I'm exploring is deemed good or bad. Because to your system, to your wonderfully wise, resplendent feminine nervous system, you know, our system has a certain window of tolerance for intensity. And whether, if you've ever had the experience of like receiving really bad news and like going and eating a bunch of sugar to manage your feelings or to numb your feelings, and then been surprised when you receive really good news and you do the same thing. It's because, you know, one of my teachers, Mama Gina, used to say the only thing more stressful than not getting what you want is getting everything that you want. And it's because to your system, your system has a limited window in which it can tolerate intensity. And with the work of embodiment, we gently stretch and expand the boundaries of that window so that you can experience greater heights and deeper depths in all of these spectrums of sensation. But the starting point is in our sense of safety. And safety almost always exists most deeply 
in the present moment. And so I'm sure you're familiar with the experience of fight or flight, where your system might be activated, it might be in a state of vigilance, it might be on guard, or it might be exhausted and dissociated. And so some really simple steps that you can take are, first of all, you know, letting the hands rest on the body. I personally find the warmth of touch, one hand on belly, one hand on heart, super grounding and just helps me kind of drop right into my belly and into my heart and out of the cacophony of my frightened mind. Another simple tool you can do is to feel your weight descending if you're sitting in a chair is to just with each exhale letting your weight become heavier as best you can so that you are not doing the work of supporting. There is something else, a felt sense of being held and supported outside of yourself. You can also orient by looking around the space. So right now I'm looking around my closet and I'm turning around and all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm here in a closet. I don't have to be lost in the visions or memories or projections that my mind creates, I can be right here in this body in this moment. And to speak back to that example of being in an uncomfortable conversation with a partner or a friend, and how what you might do is you might just pause and say, honey, I need to breathe, I need to feel my heart, I need to get into my body. Taking a sacred pause, and just feeling your weight in the chair, Feeling your hands on your body, feeling your breath as it moves in and out of your body. These are just tiny, subtle signals that you can send to your system to help bring it out of the whiplash of fight or flight and into the grounded resilience of right here and right now. The second jewel is really the basis of my work, which is using everyday sensuality to help to broaden your spectrum of sensation. So recently I was teaching a class on romance and self-romance, especially like expanding our understanding of romance to our relationship with nature, our relationship with our home, our relationship with our beauty. And the night before I had had a bout of insomnia. So I was super sleep deprived. And I was like, what in the world am I going to tell these people about romance? Like, I feel like the anti-romance right now. But I popped a little visine in my eyes. And a few hours before the class, I, I know that whenever I get into the space of beauty, I am more available to my deeper wisdom. And whether that is a symptom of patriarchal conditioning that I only feel like myself when I'm quaffed and fabulous, or if it's just a simple law of the feminine nature, I really don't care. All I know that is that it works for me. And so earlier in the day, a few hours before the class, whereas I would normally get ready, you know, an hour before the class, I bumped the getting ready portion up in my day. And I scrubbed and I masked and I listened to Aretha Franklin and I curled my hair and I glossed my lips and I lit my favorite Makana candles. And I 
adorned myself with my signature off-the-shoulder top and gold jewelry. And all of a sudden, the wisdom about what I really want to say about romance just came pouring out of me onto the page. And this is a great example of how things like beauty and sensuality and tending to this energy that we call the feminine in our day-to-day life is actually an accelerant to our greatest creativity. But to the conditioned mind, my mind was saying, well, but I need to create the outline and I need to write the curriculum. And it was like trying to get water from a stone. But when I plumped and juiced and injected that stone with the water and hydration and lubrication of beauty, all of a sudden, that stone became a lot more generous. And so you know that you have five external felt senses of sight, sound, taste, touch, hearing. And what I love about that simple template is that it creates a real menu for us around how to experience more embodied living through the simple addition of delighting our senses. Anything that adds that additional comfort of a tiny, simple, sensual pleasure to your day will help you move through your day from a more embodied place and therefore have greater access to your creativity and your most resourced self. Jewel number three is a really simple sentence, which is something I say probably a hundred times a day. Let me feel into that. So whenever someone asks me a question or asks me if I want to do something or if I'm trying to decide what I should do with my evening, I stop, I pause, let me feel into that. My mind will normally have a lot to say on the matter, and often what my mind tells me about a certain situation or decision only leaves me more confused. But if I drop into my body, hmm, let me feel into that. Let me notice what's here. Let me notice how that feels in my system. It's a wonderful practice to begin to open up a little more dialogue between you and the wisdom of your body. And the final jewel that I want to share with you is three expressions of embodiment. So at the end of the day, have you ever caught yourself going, oh. <laughs> so breath and sound, two ways that your body expels and expresses and transmutes energy. You've probably heard the expression, I just need to take a walk to clear my head because movement is another kind of pillar of the ways in which our body can aid us in processing thought and emotion and sensation. And so a really simple way to just kind of become more versed in this language of your body is to bring another pillar of embodiment, which is awareness. So when you notice yourself having a deep sigh, when you notice yourself squealing with delight at good news or something exciting, just saying, oh, there it is. There is my embodied intelligence. There is my body 
taking this experience that I am having and expressing it through breath, through sound, through movement. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love to hear from you in a review. You can go to schoolofsensualliving.com slash review. And if you are desiring to take a deeper dive into the embodied arts and to use the intelligence of your body as a new and sustainable and creative skill set in how you craft and live your life, I would love to schedule a conversation with you. Head to schoolofsensualliving.com slash coaching for a conversation today. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time.